Okay, fine. So we're doing the we are doing the second uh, the second Pesach one that we're gonna do. Page Shin Tzadik Aleph Parak Shvi Pesach. He starts off comparing. I'm just gonna kind of jump through a little bit because I want to get to the points that we want to get to. Uh, he starts off comparing the Haftorahs that are for Rosh Hashanah and for Pesach. Uh, and he goes on, he says a little bit the way down the second paragraph, he says, The ha'ara, the ar that's in place uh, during really any time of the year, but he's talking about during Pesach, is the ar that is uh, always in place. So in Gulas Mitzrayim, that's going to be for Gulas Mitzrayim as we stand as well. And we have in the Haggadah, uh, Okay, and he continues on a couple of lines down. He says, So here's where he, where he starts off, and we're going to see what we're going to end up focusing on. Says, he says, uh, At Chatzos, there was a tremendous Giloy. There were two things that came out of this. Number one, Number two, So he treats this as two separate things. The Bechayrais died because they were unable to be soivel the Giloy. We're going to see what Rav Tzaddik has to say about this in a second and start developing the idea because where we're going to go is really going to be a solid continuation of what we discussed last week uh, and hopefully we will be able to bring home a point for Shtekalis Bainanus going into the Seder. So because a person, because the Bechars were more sensitive to uh, to spirituality in a certain sense, in the, that, in the particular case of Mitzrayim, it was in a negative sense. So they were more sensitive to the Gilui to the extent that since they were not able to be soivalit, so ultimately they expired, as did all of the Avaydazara, all of the things that were at the height of like Ruchniyazdik sensitivity, although it will be in a negative sense. And the unbelievable Moira Gadol, second by Yisrael, was that they were soivel the Gilui, which we're going to see was really a tremendous gift because Kuala Yisrael was not necessarily holding at the height of Ruchnius at that time. And therefore, the fact that a Kaddish Baruch who put them, that they were able to be soivlet, also was a tremendous, uh, was a tremendous nace. And therefore, at that moment, they were elevated. This is what we're working to. What well, we're going to try to, uh, to try to develop and, and understand this idea was what happened at Chatzois, at Makas Bechayrois, and why that's so important, and we're going to hone in on it. It all comes down to this moment at Chatzois. They went out in an open, exalted way. Okay, but Rega Echad. 
at this, it was in this instant that they went from a nation of Avadim to an Am Gadol, Nizgalash, Yerkoimoso, their stature that was Klal Yisrael, was what was revealed by Sarega. Now, we're going to hone in a little bit on the Makis in general, specifically leading in to, uh, to Makis Bechayrois. The Medrash brings, it's a, it's a famous Medrash, uh, the Maral is often quoted, of David Cohen recently put out, he has Sefer Chanukah Purim, recently put out on Pesach. He brings a famous Medrash, and Rishonim's talk about it also, that the ten Makis are connected, the ten, the ten spheres, we'll see, but also the ten Ma'amaros, uh, with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that, that they parallel creation. The Medrash does not give any sort of a, uh, you know, what's parallel to what, and he, you know, he seems to say that the Maral was the first one that innovated, that they paralleled in a reverse way, such that Makis Bechayrais ends up being, uh, ends up being the last one, it ends up being, it, it ends up being at the height of uh, at the height of of, of the ultimate gilur, which is what Revoldi is, is talking about, also, um, and we're going to have to develop this. The the Chidushe Harim uh, says, or he commented, that the the ten makis parallel the ten ma'amaris, and the way that he presents it, interestingly, uh, is he says that in the beginning there was only a Kaddish Baruch Hu, there was only Ein Saif. As HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, there was like a Hishtalshlist and HaKadosh Baruch Hu put in place the layers of Tzimtzum or however you want to describe it that that ended up being a, a Tzura of creation so that there was a Makom to ultimately create uh, you know, create Nivraim and create Adam. So every layer of creation seemed to have its own ha- have its own status until there were enough layers of creation that presented itself as a as a world, as a fully veiled wor- world with a natural w- with a natural order, and it, at that point, every aspect of creation seemed to have uh, an independent existence. And uh, this is this is the world that Paro and Mitzrayim were operating in, uh, a system of ultimate uh, of ultimate chumrius, and. This is what the, uh, uh, what Hakadosh Baruch Hu was peeling back with the Malk, with the, with the Makis, getting to the heart of it. So the the, the question really becomes when we talk about Makis Bechayrus, why why Be'etzim is it that Makis Bechayrus is at the heart of 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 where Hakadosh Baruch Hu, uh, of where Hakadosh Baruch Hu created it? There's this Fas MS that says that we really talked about this by Purim that in in the in the original Pesukim that talk about Tahaim. That uh, that it says uh, what was the pasuk? It says uh, that uh, that ruach uh, tahaim whatever it is. He says that all of the galios are are in there. Which and it, he says that the yitzias mitzrayim was beetzem mitzrayim was beetzem the shayrish of all of the galus and the geula was really everything. Everything traces back in terms of geula and galus to mitzrayim. So one of the things that we're going to try to figure out at this point is why is it that Mitzrayim represents the heart of Tahaim, which Tahaim would sort of be, I guess, the ultimate in no expression of purpose and confusion of really zero direction. What is it about the Bechiris of, Mitz- of, uh, of the Bechiris of Mitzrayim that represented this? And in the alternative, what is it about Makas Bechiris that ultimately got back to the to expression of purpose? And the reason that it's a little bit obscure is because when you look at the Makis, Makis Bechiris does not seem to be the worst. On, while it says, Oid Nega Echad, while it says that that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu warned Paro that that Makas 
Bechari was going to be the linchpin of the Makis. The truth is, is that Dever killed all of the animals. The Baidam, the blood and the water changed. If random people were dying, Paro might have been just as nervous. It doesn't necessarily be the Maka that would seem to represent all of nature being totally off kilter to the extent that the only remnant, uh, Ravana Lopiansky actually p- pointed out in a, in a Shir and Bo, which we're going to talk a little bit from Moshe Shapiro and from and from Varn, but he points out that the, the only real remnant that we have in the Makis in terms of mitzvahs is Kedushas Bechar and Kedushas Bechar Adam and Behema. The only remnant that we really have ties into Makis Bechar. So similar to what Revolvi is saying, Makis Bechar seems to be at the heart of, of, of this Giloy that we are uh, that we're discussing. And he mentions also, when he talks about the Giloy, that the, the Makis Bechairis does not seem to be just uh, kind of a miracle like all the other miracles. The Makis Bechairis seems to be more of a Giloy to the extent that uh, Hakad, there was some sort of a revelation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and then the Mela, the Bechairis that were sensitive to, in, in a spiritual sense, just sort of expired. And on the other hand, Klal Yisrael was able to be elevated from it. And all of nature was just sort of off bets. So it's a, a little bit uh, kind of all over the place, but th- th- these are the issues that I want to flesh out, or hopefully we'll lose a flesh out a little bit, why, what it is that we're trying to accomplish in terms of the progression of the night, in terms of the progression of the Makis, and why the height of that is Makis Bechairis leading into Chatzais, and why this Giloy is really our, our point of Avaida, and how we relate to, uh, and, and why that's the focal point of the Seder. So he says, at the bottom of Shin Sadik Aleph, Shir Kaima Zeu Shehirim as a Klal Yisrael Madregish Regim Likro we focused on this last week with Zman representing Teva and and where there's two systems, there's a system of nature which is Maisa Bereshis, there's also a system of where there's a Rishon where the, 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 the creation surrounds, it, 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 it revolves around Klal Yisrael, not, not, not in, a, in a system of Maisa Bereshis, but really in a focused, in, in a focused way. And this, this moment is where Klal Yisrael was raised to be this madrega is where it said about Klal Yisrael that they were operating totally above nature. They were willing to go into a desert, a desert, with no water, with no sustenance, with no questions asked, and they were living in a world of Amuna where they went into, into a desert. How much food did they have already? They didn't ask questions. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink on Shid Tzadach Beis? They were living in a world, that, not in a supernatural world specifically, other than the fact that their natural, the world that they were living in was Lamala from the system of Teva where they didn't have to ask any questions. It was a direct, it was a direct relationship, right? The, the, we say, a baby doesn't ask questions where its next meal is coming from. It's perfectly natural for it to use up the food that it has and it's in the mother arms, it goes wherever the mother goes, and that it, the, when it needs sustenance, it'll be there. That, that is its, its world that it lives in. This Eloi, this level, this, this, this stage that Klai Yisrael was holding in happened by Chatzais. All of the Yom Tovim that we have are Zeichel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, 
It was only when they were holding at this level. And by the way, when you're at the Seder, and you know, one of the questions that's always asked, it says, Dayenu, that if they would have come to the Midbar and they would have come to Harsinai, they wouldn't be Makabal the Torah. And people always ask, what do you mean they would have come to Harsinai and not gotten the Torah? What would, what would they have accomplished? Because there's a tremendous thing that when they got the Torah, they became a mitzvah of And you can talk from, you can talk a long time about that. But this stage, uh, this elevation, this stage where Klal Yisrael reached the status of being Lamala Minateva, they were Lamala Minazman, that they lived in a reality where, where the world that they lived in was the same God that lights oil, lights vinegar, where they, where they were able to go into a desert without knowing their sustenance. That's what happened by Chatzais, and that's the level that they, they, they were elevated into a different world before they got in order to come to our Sinai. It was a preparation. But had, that's what we say by Dayenu. Had we come to this level of Amunah, had we lived in this world of reality, besides for what the Torah and the mitzvahs ultimately represent that we receive them, that status alone is worth considering and thanking Kaddish Baruch Hu for. And he says that also is Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And Lemaisa, again, we said this, we said this last time in terms of Hachaydish Hazalachem is when we rose above Zman, but not but and the, the way that we framed it last time is that if you live in a world where where Zman or where time, where nature as a system is is something that you live within, it's something intrinsic to the world. So then if something takes ten minutes to happen, it can't happen in nine minutes. By definition, it takes a certain amount of time. By definition, day is day, and by definition, night is night. But if you look at, if you look at time as being a particular matrix on which we operate, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu took a system as man, and he implemented it, and things happen within that system, but ultimately HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave it to Bezdin. It was HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when does Rosh Hashanah happen? When Bezdin decides it happens. When does Yom Kippur happen? When, when, when Bezdin says it happens. So it became that the system of Zman itself was subject, was subject to the Yidin, and this this is this is what happened. He says by Marcus Bechayrais that the uh, that, that he brings of uh, Rav David Hofstetter brings uh, brings a zayar, but he, he quotes the zayar. He says, "Have inara lelia kiyoma that kufas tamuz." Says that, that says it, and he brings a pasuk in terms of v'layla kiyom yarka chashecha kaira. There was no day, there was no night. The the entire system of nature was just totally on hold. It didn't exist at the time. At that Giloy of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, where, where the, uh, where at, of Chatzais, where Be'etzem, there was no nature in place. It, was, it wasn't Stam that, that there was there on a Kaddish Baruch who bent around it to make a nace. There was a certain Giloy where everything that existed within that system ceased to exist. So on one hand, the Bechar and the Avoidazara and the things that were Tevadik uh, ceased to exist. They just sort of melted away. The Bechairis couldn't handle it. Uh, and on the other hand, Klal Yisrael rose to the occasion where they, became, where they started to become subject to when they lived in that world. And he says, We're saying amazing things as though they're simple. Without really giving any akdamas, although I gave a couple of akdamas. We're relying on the person who is an understanding person. That amazing thing in their depth. And now we'll go a little deeper. He brings him Aral, Ravobi brings him Aral. He says, Bizchushin is Nasa Avram Asarnas Yainais, Hevi Akarish Barakhu Asarnagam Amitzrayim. So we said that the that the uh, Asara, that the Asara, the ten Makis, they related to the way that Akarish Barakhu, they, they peeled back, uh, like, like an onion, we'll see, but they, they, they peeled back. 
they, they, they peeled back towards the core of, of the Bria, towards the core of the real spiritual reality, you know, each veil uh, little by little. The, the uh, hold on one second, I was looking for something. The, the light just half went off. But they, they peeled back little by little the, 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 the veil of nature so that they corresponded in reverse order according to the Maral, the ten spheres, and, and in terms of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hanhaga with the world, and the ten Ma'amaras in terms of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. And he says that this also has a parallel in terms of the Nisyonis. What do we see with the Nisyonis? There were ten Nisyonis, and the way that the Maral says it is that ten represents Etzema Dover because ten represents a unit. You have one, you have, you have, one is one, then you have two is, you know, you have multiple multiplicity and you have three and you have a number of things at the time that you get to 10 so 10 represents a unit and the way that this this manifested itself with with Avram Avinu he says that that the Maral says he gives us an idea hold on one second because the lights just went off but now the lights just went on okay sorry about that so he says so he says that the makas were one after another until at the end of the makas it struck at what the, the, the core of Mitzrayim was. What, what does this mean? So he brings a letter from Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Uh, he says that there's a difference between a moida va a moida. There's the consciousness and there's the subconscious. And he says, Roiv hamachshavois misrakmois be a moida. Most of our thoughts take, pl- take, take shape in our subconscious. And that's where is, is nested or is resting our, the, the depth of our rutsan that ultimately manifested in terms of the practical thoughts that we have uh, in terms of what we go forward to. Hold on half a second because I'm going to pause it. I'm sitting here and the lights went off again. So he says, the, uh, This oimek, this subconscious, this is really at the heart of who a person is, what his rotten is, what his personality is. You know, during the, course of, during the course of events, a lot of things become responsive. But it's really in the, in the inner subconscious of a person that is the driving factor, that it's the, the defining factor of who he is. And as you trace the nesyoinus of Avram Avinu, he says, you see this system as well, because Avram Avinu went into the Kifshin Eish. Atu milsa zutra, so he, you think that's a small thing, he was literally giving himself up to die, however, relatively, according to, to in, in relative terms, it was still a small nisaya, why? Why, why is it that the Akedah was so much greater? Uh, in a certain sense, we call it Akedah's Yitzchak. I mean, it's, uh, it's the greatest Nisayan of Avram. We refer to it as Akedah's Yitzchak. Yitzchak was the one on the Mizbeach. He was the one who was going to be Meiser Nefesh. But on the other hand, Avram Avinu was waiting. He was Tzipa to his entire life for Leidas Yitzchak. He had a he wanted to be Ratzel Hamid as Klal Yisrael. He Hakadosh Baruch Hu promised him that he was going to have 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 a lot of children. And then at that point, he he was advertising Chesed. He was advertising MS, right? And at this point, Akedas Yitzchak went against 
everything that he understood in terms of his Hanhaga with the world, in terms of Bein Adam Lamakom, in terms of how he related to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what's MS, what's Chesed. His, remember that he only had Nevuah towards, you know, as he was getting on in years, only after he was Meiser Nefesh, only after he was Oymid on the MS of who HaKadosh Baruch Hu was, that's only when HaKadosh Baruch Hu came to him, meaning that he came to the MS of his understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu on his own terms, and that's when, after he passed those tests, HaKadosh Baruch Hu came to him, and all of a sudden, so he, he basically had validation, he had confirmation of his understanding of Hashem. And at that point, by Akedas Yitzchak, by Akedas Yitzchak is when he was essentially put in a position where he had to undermine his entire understanding of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's relationship with the world. That is a, when you get to the heart of what something is and what something represents, the subconscious, the driving factor of the personality, that is a much deeper, a much more primal nisayan. It's much, it's much more of an undermining factor than something that on its outer terms is difficult. And we're going to relate that to the Makkas, that we're not only looking at the Makkas in terms of what was fantastic or miraculous, whether Dom turned to blood for this, this one and the water for that one, or, you know, whether the locusts, and they were all unbelievable. And at the end of the day, by the Makas Pachiris, again, there was not anything any more fantastic than the animals dying, or by certain people dying, or other people dying, but we're going to see that it went to the heart of what Mitzrayim was, and what Be'etzem of what Be'etzem the Gullus was. Tisha Makas Shepogu Mitzrayim Yardu Al Meimea Arza Tfu'asa Ba'amoseha It went on everything. The Makas Pachiris went to the Amitas Atzmam, the Misa of the Bechoros really came to a head by Chatzais. And he brings an interesting question of the Ramban, because what do we say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu hardened Paro's heart? Really, Paro would have let the Jews go if it was just the fact that he would... Because, because he wouldn't otherwise have been able to withstand the Makkas, but he would not have been letting Klal Yisrael go because he was aimed on any MS. He would have been letting Klal Yisrael go because he felt the squeeze. What was the difference? What was the difference by Makkas Bechayre? So also he felt the squeeze. In other words, he was scared of dying or whatever the case was. What was the difference between Makas Pachiris that he be'etzem, that we don't say that, no, the same way that uh, we didn't want Paro to let the Jews go just out to relief. So what was the difference that by the other Makas that wasn't good enough? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in fact, hardened his heart so that in a certain sense, depends on the Rishonim, but he maintained his Bechira and he was able to still exercise choice and not just let them go because he felt the squeeze. And by Makas Pachiris, something else happened where ultimately he did let them go. And that was what we were waiting for. Why didn't this Kayach that HaKadosh Baruch Hu hardened his heart allow him to withstand Makas Bacharis? So Hashem didn't give him the strength. Because then, similar to the other Makas, he would only have been letting the Jews go because of the weight of the Makas, and it wouldn't have been any different. As we say, and again, we're going to unpack this idea a little bit, and that's really going to be the, the crux of what we're trying to get to, that when the, when the Maka struck what Paro represented and, and everything that Paro represented just evaporated, so that at that point, it wasn't a question of Kaychus. It wasn't a question of Paro said something and a Baruch Hu was much stronger. And we're going to 
see. That, that's what it means, that, that there was no malach, there was no sarif. It, it wasn't a question of, of, of numerous spiritual forces and which spiritual force was stronger. There was a giloy of ultimate reality such that the veil of nature was totally, was totally they saw through it for a minute. And at that giloy, that's when... And everything that represented the the uh, uh, against Hakadosh Baruch Hu, everything that represented Mitzrayim, every everything that represented Tayu evaporated, and Klal Yisrael were able to tap into it. Where at that point going forward, everything was Zeichel Litzias Mitzrayim. That's when Klal Yisrael rose to a situation where they related to something outside of all of nature, and everything that came after that became Zeichel Litzias Mitzrayim because that comes to define us as a nation. Together with the revelation. That's when there was a total nullification of the uh, of Amitas Atzmo of who Paro actually was. And again, we'll see who was Paro. Paro was was uh, was Hanar Shaliv Niasisi, whatever the Lashon is. Paro represented God, so to speak. He he called himself that he was he had autonomy that that, that he represented. You know that the buck stops with him. And that, at that point, again, it wasn't just that there was Paro who had some sort of a say, and at this point he was standing up against the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and then it was a question of who was stronger. That totally was undermined, so that it, that attitude just didn't exist. It, it wasn't that there was day and night in Chatzais. It was, that, like like we mentioned before, Laila Kayom Yarka Ka'ira, the night just wasn't there. It was it was daytime, like in the middle of the summer. That was that, that's what we, we've quoted before, that the ultimate decision is understanding that there's no Brera to begin with. There's no real choice. If there's a choice, then there's, there's X and there's Y, and I choose to do X over Y, but Y exists. When a person comes to Akara that there's Be'etzem no choice, I don't have the choice to drink the poison. I don't have the choice to eat kosher or not kosher. I don't have the choice to steal or to be honest. Be'etzem, at some point, if I do something else, I, I exist within a world of Hamakom. There's no real, there's no real, there's a perception of being able to do the wrong thing. But there's no real possibility of getting ahead because there's no such thing as operating outside of Ratz and Hashem. At that point is when there's a total giloi, zeu omek, mahalchan shelamakas. That is what the makas led into and that's where we are, that's where we're going with the makas. So he says, hold on, yeah. The the, uh, the the I saw just uh, j- just an analogy. It says uh, that that when you talk about when you talk about layers of something, so it was a it was in his book I think it was Ronald Lubyansky, but they came with this book Why We Celebrate. It had it had a bunch of essays for a bunch of different Shiva. He says that when a, when when there's a bunch of different layers of something, so every layer is is it's a barrier on, until you get to the next layer. But as every layer brings you closer to the ultimate truth, it doesn't necessarily reveal what's inside of it. It just, reveal, it just reveals the next layer. It shows that whatever layer you're up against uh, becomes null until you get to the next thing. It's, uh, and it only demonstrates the, 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 the fallacy of that particular layer. It's only when you peel away the final one that ultimately the two elements emerge simultaneously. The fact that all the falsehood is exposed, that all the layers never really existed in the first place. And at that point, the reality, the, the reality is exposed.
Lahavdil, not not you know totally current events, but one of the things that we were talking about uh, right Betzal the other day is that w- w- if a person has a platform of essentially being anti something else, so it, you know that you can that can only exist as long as there's a structure in place to go against. If at whatever point you see that you know that somebody else comes into power, you know at some point when you can't be anti anything, when there's no resistance anymore, so at that at that point it's revealed whether there's any substance to your position or not. So he says that, that, that this is the progression that we're going with the Makas, that every Maka was peeling back some sort of a perception of there being a natural system in place until ultimately the Makas got to a point of of, of the first mimer, of the, the mimer that was closest to where the Ain Saif is, of, of Beratius, of, the, uh, uh, of this level. And at that point, the, the reality was revealed that there's Ba'etzim no Brera. And he says that the Ma'aral, Ramazlan Alon Sharoi, Lahaisif Bezaz Seichav Adas, and now we're going to take it, we're, we're going to continue in this path. Aseris Hamakas Shiyadu Amitraim Ariyah, Aseris Nisan Lisrael, Shehem Lo Pogu Mayamakas. That the that, that there was a nace just like the Mitzrayim, just like the Mitzrayim were 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 pagea from it. So also there was a nace that Klal Yisrael were not, and we have to understand. That the Nisim went on and they got closer and closer until the reality of what Klal Yisrael represented is revealed. What does it mean? The Balagada tells us, uh, okay, it goes on. Uh, he says, In the same Giloy, the same Giloy of the Shechina that the Bechayr of Mitzrayim fell away, that the reality of anything of anything other than HaKadosh Baruch Hu fell away. And the way that Rav uh, discusses it in Rasisei Laila, he says that the Lafid it wasn't that they died, it's just that they sort of expired on their own. That the Bechayrais represented the, the strength of the, 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 the strength of the nation. The, the, the truth is, is that any nation uh, in ter- uh, has has this point of avoda. The Adam Arishon brought the first carbon, which was the first shar that ever existed. And at that point, Rav Shapiro continues on. He says, really, from from the time of Adam Arishon already, the Bahars represented the the, the point where there was avoda. So he says, in every nation, this became distorted. In every nation, it was always the Bechiris that represented the, the priests of the nation. So they represented the point of Avoida to the point that this was going away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu when there was a Giloy. So you can't be serving an, you can only be serving an other as long as there's a perception that an other exists. Once, once, you, once you're, you're living in a world of, uh, of Laila Kayom Yarka Hashecha Ka'ira, that there's no Night. That there's no night, there's no day, there's no nature, there's just ultimate giloy, there's nothing else to serve. Right? So once you get to that point, and he goes on and he says that's why the Bahars and says that the Avodazara evaporated as well. So he says, but that, that Giloy where the Bechayrus of Mitzrayim evaporated, that Giloy was also where we came to a point of Giloy Shechinas Achet and Nishmosem Shal Yisrael V'Nizgalahem Asoyed Gadol Ki Kodshabrichu V'Yisrael Chadhu. And that's why, that, that's what we're saying, that at that point where, where you got through all of the layers, where you got past the last mechitza, where you unpeeled every single layer of the onion and you got to the center, 
at that point where you realize that there was, there was no such a machitza in place, that's where also the ultimate revelation of what the substance was was revealed. Once you realize that there's no such thing as an other the Oymek of Yetzias Mitzrayim, and we, we discussed this last time also, and it was, was that when you have, when we said that when you have matzah, you have flour and you have water, and it lasts, and it doesn't spoil. When you have something that's MS, so then then it's nitzchias. It's only when you add something, it's only when you start adding extra ingredients, it looks a little bit more jazzy, right? The chametz tastes better, the chametz rises, the chametz we say is gaiva, but it also spoils faster because it's artificial. And we said that that was really bad, Sam, by, by even by the Chet Harishon, which we said was a parallel to, to Chametz and Matzah, uh, right? They, they both had they both had Yisroim of eating. Then it was Toiv Lamarev and Nechmed Lamarev, Toiv Lamaychel. It was all of the externalities which ultimately were internalized by the Marishon. That's where it brought death to the world. That's where that, that's where it brought spoilage because it introduced some factor that was outside of reality and the uh, of what of what the true MS was. And this is the Oymek of Yitzias Mitzrayim, where we redefine ourselves not by the system of nature in place, like the Chidushe Arim said, not where we, we're defining ourselves within the veils of nature that Hashem put in place, but where that we're, we understand that no, Zman was the system that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put in place so that the Bria could 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 have a Hechatimtza to operate. But if Yisrael Varais of Chadhu, then there's a racious. What it means that Zman is a creation was means that it wasn't always in place. The way that you say that is that there was a time period before that existed. When you say ber- that, that there was a racist to that, like Rashi asks, why do we start Barashis Baralukim? Either way, when you tap into that, you're above everything, and we're going to see the, the Avoda on the night of the Seders, even though Revolvi especially talks about Avoda being rung by rung, you could tap into this and you can just skip over all of the rungs of the ladder, uh, and, and you, 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 can, you can live in this world going forward. May I they have to work up to it. That's what it means that a Kaddish Baruch Hu freed us, not with a Malach. You know what Malachim are? Malachim are also nature. They're a system of spiritual nature. Nisim are also nature. There's a system of Nisim. The Ramchal discusses, others discuss. All of these other things, while they might exist on on a system that's different than Teva, they also exist within a system. So therefore, we're going to talk, if there's a system of a Malach, so all that means is that the system of the Malach was stronger than the other system. System. But that's not a statement of ultimate giloy where there, there's no room for anything else. It's not just that Hashem could do it and nobody else could do it. The nature of what was going on by Chatzais is that there was nothing else, not even Malachim were in place. What, what we identified with and what we attached ourselves with who was above any other Malachim as well. Chiddush Gadol Yesh Kan Kilahakos Ko Bechar Lo Hayat Sarach Afilu Saraf Shu Malach Gadol Maod Srafim Are Huge Harizui Malachas Malach Hamavas Gamle Shvatim Belohem Etzrayim Hayu Masik Malach All these things a Malach could have done 
to understand what was at the heart, that to get back to that Bereshis, Malachim weren't created on the first day either, right? These things sometimes created on the second day. To get back to the, to the point of Bereshis, that required, that was, that was a gili of Hashem. Because otherwise, otherwise, even if there was a malach in place, so then Paro at some point would have just cried uncle. He would have just said that you're stronger than me. That wouldn't have touched the, the ultimate, the, the, the ultimate, what Paro says that, that, that what, what is Tayu, that something that, that, that lacks purpose. Or alternatively, in the words, in the words of Parai, that he focused on himself. That the purpose of life stelled suit to him, but there's no purpose greater than him. So that's only only where you reveal the ultimate insight, where you go back and back and back, right? So so you go above. If if there's anything else, even if it's a malach, so then Paro has his priorities, and the malach has his system of existing. It's only when you go back behind anything, the existence of anything else, that 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 Paro is undermined. That the idea of there being any autonomy other than Rutz and Hashem doesn't exist. Because it says, it says we, we focused on, we said uh, last week, we said, or a couple weeks ago, we said that Bereshish Baro Kim Bishvili Yisrael Nikra Reishis. And said, Truma, Chala, Kadosh Baruch Hu created for Reishis. There's a Targum Yehoinasan which says, Bechuchma Barashem. It says that Bereshish Baro Kim is the same thing as Bechuchma. What does it mean? What does it mean that a Kadosh Baruch Hu created with Chachma? It means that Kadosh Baruch Hu created in a wise way instead of a stupid way. If there's only Hashem, there's no wise versus stupid is a relative thing. There's no. It, it's a meaningless statement. You don't talk about a Kaddish Baruch Hu that way. Ravon Lopiansky talks about this in the Chiron Bay. He says it, it, you don't talk about a Kaddish Baruch Hu that way that he created it bechachm or anything else. There's only Hashem. A Kaddish Baruch Hu created it. What be'etzim is chachma? Chachma is not just a bunch of loose information. Chachma is be'etzim a pattern. The, the idea of chachma is when you have a klal, when you have a concept that ties together the, uh, when he ties together a pratim. He grabbed mentioned in the show, he mentioned a, a funny anecdote. He says, you know, I'm all in Europe, every town had the town idiot, you know, the town, the, the town imbecile. So he said, you know, the town imbecile goes to the Rav and he says, I don't know what to do because the kids in the street always make fun of me. So the Rav tells him, he says, well, I'll tell you what to do. If you see the kid, he says, look for the kid who's the leader of the pack, take a rock and throw, it at the, throw the rock at the kid who's the leader of the pack and everybody's going to go away. So he says, okay, that makes sense. What do I do in the base medrash? So he says, well, in the base medrash, there's no rocks. So he says, okay, so look for the kid who's the leader of the pack, take a stender and smack him in the head with it and all of them will go. He says, okay, it works for the base medrash. What do I do in the mikvah? So he says, well, I'll tell you what you do in the mikvah. You look for the kid that's the leader of the pack, you smack him in the face and all of them will go. So he said, covet or rob, if I was able to understand all of these different rules, I wouldn't be the town idiot. It, it, when, you, when you understand that there's a klal, there's one klal that everything becomes an application. It, it, it becomes a question of pattern. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, the, the world with klalim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world with a rashis that's a shayresh that manifests in, 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 different, in different areas, which, by the way, Rolvansky has a series of shiurim on Dama Lahashiv. One of the points he makes is that one of the bases of evolution, among others, is that everything must have evolved from the same source because if you look at a person and you look at an elephant and you look at a monkey, so then everything seems to have, at certain, in a certain sense, the same DNA. It all seems to have similar origins. So if everything has the same origin, so then it must be that everything evolved from the same place. 
but that presupposes an assumption that if you were God, then you would create an elephant from elephant stuff and a person from person stuff and a monkey from monkey stuff. So since you say that if it was up to me, I would have created, I would have created things differently. So if they're all created from the same, it must be they all evolved from the same stuff. First of all, who said that there's an assumption that you know how Hashem operates? If anything, it could be that it's a bigger gilo yichud Hashem, that if you see that everything traces itself back to the same source and everything is a different application and DNA be'etzem at the same in terms of the molecular level is so similar all over the place, right? If, if the world is created with ratios, it's just a question of a pattern, you know, in criminology, in any area, when you're able to extrapolate back so then the question is, is, is there a fundamental principle that works its way through everything and then you can account for all of the, for, for all of the variables? This is what I mean by Bria Sa'olam, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created it with Rashis, and the Makas themselves were not just the two, if Para, at every Maka, if he wouldn't have let the frogs go, he wouldn't have let the blood go, Para would have let them free. The point of the Makas was not to twist the arm, it was to, it was to undermine, it was to, sh- to undermine the apparent natural order to go back to show what this Nakuda of Rashis is, and the point that represented Teva, that at, at its primal state, like we quoted from Rav Tzadik, was the Bachar. The Bachar represented the idea of an avoida of being of, of worshiping of stelling to to any kayak spiritual or otherwise in the world that was an other to Ratzinakadosh to Ratzin Hashem right that was an other to Havaya like Paro said this the, you know Yudke Vavke he doesn't know who it is uh, to, to, to the extent that with the name that we mentioned last time the name that was that was the revelation that 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 Yisrael became free from was Ekia usually you ask Hakadosh Baruch Hu for a name why do you ask for a name it's either a name you know from someplace else, or it's a name that's going to be used going forward. What does it mean that there's a name that's a one-time usage? So what you're, you're asking to identify by something that you have no other frame of reference, Eki is something in the future. It's when you live by a Ben Oilam Habba. It's when you related to a Kaddish Baruch Hu as something that was in the future, that was going forward, that was outside of Zman. It's something, it's something that's outside of the system. And he says, just going back, for, just going back to kind of finish up, and then, uh, 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 hold on a second. Yeah, going back to finish up, so he says, This is Be'etzem, our Avoida by the Seder. Where are we holding? It's not a matter of whether you're doing Torah and Mitzvahs on your terms, right? The, uh, I grad I heard a Hasidish of Vard, I'm sure, because I heard it from Shmuel Silber, the, the rabbi in Baltimore, Bitzal. I don't know who he quoted because it was one of these inspiration minutes. I didn't hear it, but he said, however, it works in. If a person can find who they are, Kilu hu yotzami Mitzrayim now. Mitzrayim is a lesson of Mitzar, it's a lesson of holding back. If a person could tap into who he really is, what his driving factors are, then he's going to go free from Mitzrayim. Nothing is going to be able to hold him back. He's not going to have any baggage. He's going to be there, and then everything else can just fall into place. But that's the central Nakuda of the Haggadah, and that's why you have the Chacham. The Chacham is not such a Chacham. He's asking about a bunch of simple halachas that everybody knows, Chukim and Mishpatim. And what, what, what do you tell him? So Victor Miller says you answer him that you, that, that, that uh, that is that taste that lingers. He says that you're, you have this idealism now, even after you enter into you know kind of the uh, the Rechaim al of life. You have all of the mundane aspects of life. You should keep this 
this drive to learn. But what does the Russia do? The Russia could ask a very sophisticated question. He has a lot of intellectual curiosity, but he says, The difference in the Russia is he's asking for two out of the four, some of the people in, in Sanhedrin were the greatest Hamide Chacham seemingly that Haba. But if it's not something that, that you're relating to as your essence, so then at that point you're Russia, you're not included. You could be, it doesn't make a difference how high up the mountain you are. But if you're not relating to Yisrael Baraitz of Khadhu, so then you just know a lot of stuff. You have a book with a lot of scientific information. You have a lot of random details, but there's no racious. It's not until it's Ratzon Hashem. It's not until you understand that that's the focus of your life. That, 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 that it becomes li and not lachem. As long as it stays lachem, you're excluded no matter how sophisticated you are. What we're talking about. The whole geula was premised on the fact that it's laharis, it's atzmo. The whole geula is premised on the fact that, that we are stelling tzu to it, that we are rising above everything. As long as we're staying separate from it, even if we know a lot, and even, even if it's one of the many things that we do, you get on the train and you learn until you're, you're, you're done learning, and then you go do what you want to do, because now that you're yaitz zayin, now you can read the paper. And so, so who are you? Are you the person that wants to read the paper and you're yaitz zayin with learning before you get to it? Or is your drive, the, is, is that... Uh, right? As your drive to be with Hashem, until you have that drive that that's who you define yourself, so then you are, you're not going to be Zaycha to the Geula. And he says that this, the Zman that we have on Pesach, that's the same Zman, it's Me'ain Ar Rishon, that's how we started off. What we could tap into by Chatzais, before Chatzais, by look, learning the Ten Makas, by the Seder, we can redefine ourselves so that we're Zaycha to the Geula now, so that there's no Mitzrayim holding us back now. And Mitzrayim was the most sophisticated nation. They were after Chachma in a magical way or whatever, whatever Chachmas they were into. But as long as we still too that we live in a world of Teva, we choose that for ourselves. And he says, <laughs> Third paragraph in Shin If there's no Chacham, the Ishto asks him, Why is it that every, why do we have to go through the charade with asking questions? We can learn all of the Nyanim. Why do we have to go through the charade? So we quoted a different time also. That when you ask a question, it develops a hisoirus. When you ask a question, it creates a void that needs to be fulfilled. It means that you don't just say two plus two, how much is two plus two? Right? You, you create that there's some sort of a gap. And when you answer it, it creates a hisoirus and it fills something more inside of you. And he says, uh, uh, Okay, it's Gmar uh, Sanhedrin. Um, he says, but this Nagina is his iris nafshis. To come to a point where you're asking, it means you have this iris. It means something is bothering you, right? It means that a person is tipisali hoshua, right? I think Rav Yaakov Weinberger heard one time, he says, what do you mean you're tipisali hoshua every day? What are, you, what, are you, what are you waiting for every day? We know that Elio is not going to come on Shabbos. He's not going to come, I don't know, Erev Shabbos. He's not going to come on certain days. On those days, there's no chiv of tipisali hoshua. You know what tipisali hoshua means? It means that you're waiting for medical results and you know that they're not going to come for 14 days. You can go about your life, but there's something missing. There's something missing. 
there's something missing until you get those results, that's where, that's where you have to, that, that, that's, that, that's where you get into that your life is not complete without it. That's where, Kaddish, that, that's where a person meets HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where that becomes part of him. How can we even think about these things? In all of our Avoidah, the Revolbi says, we go wrong by wrong. How can we reach these lofty heights? And then he brings Rashi, uh, he goes on, he says, That's where it's this language of skipping. And this is where, the, where Klal Yisrael also could be toyface in this Midah. That a person can jump over whatever the general rungs and the general steps of Avodah are. Where even the natural order of Avodah is, is totally off limits. And that's why nowadays also a person's avoid is able to totally skip steps where outside not only the physical natural system but even the ruchnius natural system and we can be goyal mikolshi but nachri. We can totally just skip uh, skip out into a full uh, a full encounter with the Shechina and th- that's why the end of the Seder also is where we say Shira Shirim. We come to this, this total personal emotional attachment and that's where Ron Lobiansky actually mentioned, he said that, that that's where there, there's a difference between where a person could be religious and a person could do all the mitzvahs and do all of his ischayavis and do what he's supposed to be doing and he's missing the central the central aspect. There's things that everybody does. If everybody has to go to work and everybody uh, pays taxes, everybody does a lot of things. But if that, that's not what a person defines himself by. If it says if it says v'chaybahem, it doesn't mean that that that, uh, that, that the, the Torah accommodates life and v'chaybahem, you have to have your life and you have to live even though despite the mitzvahs. It means that a person's life is totally centered around the mitzvahs and if a person doesn't think in these terms, then he's not going to be able to structure around that. And that, that's Be'etzem, the, the, where we come to Chayv Adam Lirois Atzmai, Kiliyotzim Mitzrayim when a person is able to see himself in these terms, a person comes to the Shechina and then Be'etzem, by the, by the Seder so you, you come at this point to Chatzais is where we, is, is where a person has to think in advance, what are his priorities, where does he define himself, is he living in a natural world and he wants to do good things because Be'etzim will live a better life of Ruch, in, in Ruchni's terms, or Be'etzim is he Yisrael Ve'arayz of Chadhu and everything else fits into that structure and Be'etzim at that point there's nothing that holds back and everything else uh, can fall into, into place. Shkayich.